Right, it's Alex Hall with Anthony Owen. Uh, do you mind if I call you Tony? No, that's fine. Good, good. So Tony and I have never actually met in person. Um, we, we're doing the COVID-19 way of socialising via Zoom. We are trying to raise a bit of awareness for a couple of a couple of things. One is a new Zoomcast, uh, Pandemonium, is what I'm calling it. And what it is based on is trying to find stuff what's going on in the community and speak to people that, that have got some inspirational stuff going on or maybe some issues to deal with and basically have a Zoom chat. I didn't get that. Get it posted. Siri wants to get involved. Get it posted and raise awareness, but also try and let anyone listening to benefit from somebody else's journey. So I can relate to a little bit of what you've gone through recently in the terms of you had a, a newborn son. Uh, if you could just uh, t tell us about Rue and when he was born. Yeah, so um, Rue was born on the um, 1st of October last year. Um, fine pregnancy. Um, apart from the only, the only difference really from those that he... Um, Amy had gestational diabetes, but that was treated through just like diet monitoring and stuff like that. Um, birth went fine, there were no complications in the birth. Um, he was born inside like 20 minutes when we arrived at the hospital, no complications at all, other than when he was born, he had a swollen eye. Right, okay. Really. So you've got uh, Noah. Noah's turned three, but he was two at the time. Yeah. And your wife is called? Amy. Amy, and how long have you been married? Uh, God, put me on the spot there. We got married in 2017. So what's Three that? years. Nearly. Three years. And, um, but we've been together since like um, year 11. Love it. How old are you now? <laughs> uh, 32. That is, you've been together since you was 11? Year 11. Oh, year 11. I was going to say that is uh, year 11. I can cover my, my best mate's been with his missus since they were 14, and I thought that was pretty intense, but 11. But yeah, year 11 is not so bad. You, 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 uh, yeah, you know, you have your time apart here and there, don't you, over the years? I've done that, yeah, but I'm yeah. yeah, generally just before you're about to go on a lad's two-week holiday to Magaluf, split up conveniently. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, repeat, so basically, you, you started a new job as well just before Rue was born. Is there, was, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, so I've moved, I've, I've worked up on um, at Sirius Academy North on Orchard Park for the last four years. Um, applied for a job as an assistant head teacher, which was a bit of a, bit of a step for me, really, at Marvel College on Bilton Grange. Um, so I got that. Um, was starting there in September. Obviously, I paid. And I was off, and I've been off really ever since, since the 2nd of November, because of what happened with Right, so is that fair to say that, that was um, a promotion? Yeah, it was a promotion, yeah. Yeah, I went from uh, like being the head of a department up to assistant head teacher, so that's on the leadership team at this at the secondary school. Which is great, really. I was absolutely, um, Sometimes I don't give myself enough credit, um, but I really did give myself a bit of a pat on the back when I got that, because it was the first time I went through a role like that and got it, so chuffs a bit. Yeah, well, well done on that. So, so, so leading into it then, so we've got the picture, you've been married three times, in a very, very healthy relationship, healthy twos, going on to three, so very aware, very, keeping you on your toes, no doubt, Noah. And then a very healthy pregnancy, and then Rue, which is a cool name, by the way. Where did you, where did you come up with that? Um, oh, God. It's a bit of a mixture, really. We just, we struggled. It was like we had like this app where you could like both say yes or no to like girls and boys' names because we didn't find out what we were having, and um, we never matched up on anything. But Amy really liked Rupert, but I couldn't stand it. Um, and then if you've ever seen Hunger Games, there's a, there's a girl in it called Rue, um, but we quite liked it. We had a look see if we could use it for a boy, and we could, so we just spelled it differently. Um, Apparently it's a French cooking sauce, but I'm not going to tell him that he's named after a French cooking sauce. It's not, it's not great, that is. I'll taste it before you tell him that. If it's tasty, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's a cool name. So, painting the picture then, life's really good. You've had a promotion. 
healthy, no air, healthy pregnancy, and the, to all intents and purposes, you thought everything was fine for a period of time. Absolutely buzzing. Um, you think like I've just had another boy. I'm a what thirty odd year old bloke. I've got two boys. Play football. I'm buzzing. I'm thinking, oh, as I grow up, we're gonna have. Which I'm going to be able to take him to football. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm absolutely on. I was on absolute cloud nine. I think Amy was as well. We were just in a bubble. I don't know if you felt like that when you had yours, but you like get yourself in a bubble and you think you're untouchable for like that first few weeks because you're just you're just feeling so good about like life and about what what's going on. And then um, obviously it, after a month, it sort of turns really. Yeah, I, it was I, fine for the first few weeks. We had a bit of a, we had a bit of a worry about his eye. They told us that it was just like from the trauma of birth. So like obviously passing through birth canal and stuff, and that sometimes their eyes can swell. Um, it'd go down, and it didn't. So. Yeah, I I had Hudson. Well, my missus had Hudson two months on on the first of eight, December, so two months after Rue. So when I was looking at the sort of the story getting shared, it was quite, like, I'm looking at Mass and I'm looking, oh, this this is sad, but obviously, because I've never met you, it's, I'm not like, I've, I wonder if everyone's all right, but I, I don't know too much about it. But when um, when Sean Higgins invited me to try and raise awareness, I said, oh, well, I'll do one better, I'll just try and raise a challenge. But the point being, because I had a son, it, it, it felt like I just wanted to, because it, it's just... As you say, you're on cloud nine, but we had a tricky, a tricky birth where everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, and I went through a roller coaster of emotion for one night. And having read your blog today, which we'll post it within the the group, so are you, are you happy for that to be accessible for other people to read your blog? Yeah, of course, am, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if if I could post that in the group, it's a, it's it's a detailed roller coaster of emotions, and Having read that, I'm glad I have got involved. And I think with it being mental, mental, mental health awareness week, I'd like to sort of just talk about your journey as an individual, but yeah. also, also as a family. And what I did take from the blog was you've got amazing parents on both sides that have done a hell of a yeah. lot. But I'm just trying to picture it. You've started a new job, obviously a promotion, a step up. So you've got to get your head around that. You've got a newborn coming that's going to present challenges. You've got to integrate ruin with nowhere. So you've got all of that on your mind as well. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then within, what, three, four weeks, your world gets turned upside down. But I imagine the journey in them first couple of weeks, there were signs something wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, had this, he, had, he had this swollen eye. And then um, he hadn't... Like past his like meconium or his like a, a stool or whatever in a in a in like a week or so I think it was I can't quite remember um, and the midwives and uh, health visitors would be like concerned but we'd never see like the same midwife and obviously they saw like every time they saw him it was like they'd pick on pick up something differently so like one of them would pick up like yes he hadn't been to the toilet for a while and another one would pick up yeah they're not quite happy with how his eyes swelling. Another one would pick up the fact that he's gaining weight really slowly. Another one would pick up that he's not feeding properly. But like it never really came together until for about about a month in when we saw like a certain midwife. Um, we'd been into Old Royal, the paediatric unit at Old Royal, um, and had his eye swabbed because they said it was an infection. I was never having that. Um, I'd never believed it could possibly be an infection that had inflamed after 20 minutes of Amy giving birth because that's all she was pushing for basically. Um, and then we, t we took him into Royal, he had tests done. Um, they said that he might be slightly jaundiced, which is why he wasn't sleeping so uh, why he was sleeping so much. And then eventually, a midwife rang the eye hospital and asked for an urgent referral because she was concerned it just didn't sit right with her. Um, he was really skinny. Um, in the grand scheme of things, now when you look back on it. Um, and look at the foot. We've got a photo. I think I've got it on my blog where he's he just it's the day we took him into hospital on that Saturday morning. He just looks like it looked like he was giving up on life basically. Now I look at it. Um, and we took him into Old Royal that Saturday 
after my mum and dad came around and said, look, if you're not happy, parents' intuition, you'll go to hospital. And me and Amy that morning, I was like, we're going to get there, Ames, and they're just going to tell us we've been stupid. We've got, we've just got a sleepy baby. We shouldn't compare it to, can't compare this baby to nowhere, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I honestly was on edge of whether to go in or not, um, but we did, and was um, taken straight through. When we arrived, even the woman at the desk had like urgently referred us straight through. We didn't wait in the waiting area or anything. I was taken straight through to a nurse. But then that, that, away that, that worries you a little bit as well, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course it does. Um, I think at this point, I think I remember having a conversation with Amy. She wasn't too um, concerned. Well, she was concerned, obviously, but she didn't think she really thought something serious that was wrong. But the nurse asked us, um, or asked us directly, um, whether his head had always, always been this large. But obviously, because we see him every day, you don't realise something changing as such. But there was one point when I went back to work after paternity leave and I came home on a on an evening and I just looked at him and I thought, his head looks big. And I and I, and it was just passed off as a like, oh, don't be daft, aren't they? Don't don't pick on him sort of thing. Um and it was the following Saturday when we took him and she asked me that question. As soon as she asked me that question, I just felt like a pang of guilt for not doing something that Wednesday and leaving it to the Saturday. Because I knew in my head that his head was looked bigger. Um, after that, she, we were basically whipped off to another sort of like area, a little like ward, a little cubicle, and he was hooked up to all sorts of machines. It was, we were taken aside and told, right, um, we're going to pump him with antibiotics because that's what meningitis is. So at first we thought, oh, he's got begin meningitis. We know how serious that is, um, and. We just were in the dark for a little bit. We were still in the room, just watching. He was put on this like little heated incubator and just filled through with drugs. There was about four or five doctors around him. We just didn't know what was going on, really. And then they told us they were whipping him off for a scan, a CT scan. Um, and that was when I thought, uh, that's when I first thought tumour or something like that. Um, I don't think that I don't, and I don't think that was something Amy understood really. And we were whipped off around the corner to the CT scanner. We jumped in front of about six patients that have obviously been waiting, like elderly patients, people that were even um, under anaesthetic and stuff like that. And they were having to be like readministered anaesthetic in the in the corridor because we were jumping in front of them and stuff like that. Um, in back out, straight into another cubicle. Um, and I was just in bits. Uh, we both were. Um, at this point, I don't think we'd, we'd not rung our parents because we wanted to know what exactly it was. And then the doctor came back, took us aside and said, look, we've had a scan and there's something there in his brain, but they couldn't tell us what it was. And I knew straight away that it's tumour. It can't be anything else. It's got to be something like that. Um, and that was when we sort of brought down, rang my dad. Um, my dad came in, rushed in. My mum stayed at home with Noel, which must have been horrendous. And um, Amy's mum and dad came in and we just sat round him. We were just covered with doctors round him. And we were told, right, he's going to, he's going to Leeds Hospital. He needs specialist care. So we'd gone from Saturday morning, sat at home, and now we were going to the uh, neurology team at Leeds in the space of a few hours. Right. And we were just sat waiting for ambulance. And then we was there for ages, struggling to sort of like comprehend what was happening. You don't think it's going to happen to you, do you? You see it all on like, you see casually, you see obviously, I've described it like that before, you see it all and you think, oh God, at least that won't happen to me. I don't think it will. And we was waiting for this ambulance for ages. And then this paramedic, who was in the um, bay, like in the A&E, just turned around and said like to the doctor, he said, I'm taking him. So there's no way, I can't, I can't not have a job here and be sat hanging around for when, when this little lad needs life-saving care now. So he said, stick him in my ambulance, I'm taking him to Leeds now. Um, so, I mean, I never met, don't know who he is, never met him, wish I could say thank you. Um, but he was whipped in that ambulance and 
we were told very sternly, do not follow this ambulance because it will be shooting fast. Yeah, you'll be. Uh... Um, so my dad took us. Dad took us up to Leeds. We popped home. Come to probably the hardest bit was we knew no was in the house. So I knew no knew no was in the house with my mum, but we decided not to see him um, because I don't know what had happened really. We didn't want him to upset him because we were a mess. Yeah, and I just sat in silence. All the way to Leeds at the front, Amy was in the back, and um, just just repeating almost in my head and saying, "I can't, can't lose him, I can't lose him," and just wondering what the hell was going to happen, really. And we arrived there, went went in the A and E, and that has got to be possibly um, one minute, um, possibly got to be the worst moment of my life when they turned around and said um a doctor took us aside and said um we've already tapped his skull to release yeah. some pressure um in his life saving saving surgery um otherwise he's gonna die that's what she said bluntly to us yeah and we just collapsed um i just didn't i didn't know what to do i had to sign this form to say like Obviously, like you understand the risk. There's a chance that he may die, and you've gone from being a happy little family to possibly losing him. It was horrendous. It was absolutely. How old, how old was he then? Four weeks. Yeah, he was a month old. We went in on the so he was born the first of October, second of November. Right. We was in. So just trying to think at the moment, and in, in recent two or three months, everybody is so much more aware of the NHS and the great work they do. Yeah. Obviously, everyone's clapping on a Thursday night and they're, they're heroes, aren't they? And Absolutely. Within that first four weeks, you've got that paramedic, you've got that certain midwife. And yeah. one, in, in one angle, you want to see the same person every week or, or every visit so you can build that relationship and rapport and they get an understanding. But then you can see the benefits, yeah. yeah. Everyone's seen it from a different perspective, a different personality type, and probably picking up on different things. So, do you think that you benefited from seeing different people, or would, in hindsight, would you have preferred it to have been the same person? Um, I think, I think there's there's both ways, isn't there? Because if we'd have had the same person, they'd have seen them in like weekly or day, a few daily spats. And then they're seeing the deterioration of him. Yeah. Um, and, but then, because people, I mean, one of, one of the midwives called him a medical mystery. And we have, we have no sort of like, um, no sort of like annoyance or anger around like that care or anything like that. I mean, we all know the pressure the NHS is under. And if, if they could have the capacity, to be able to make sure that every mother or family that has a newborn saw the same midwife, then I'm sure they would. Um, I mean, you do benefit. We have benefited from obviously their individual expertise, but I do I do think that obviously the deterioration of him would have been spotted because because we see him every day. We saw it only when he got when he'd made like a, a really bad turn. Yeah. Um, but they'd have seen it. Earlier, I think. I mean, I'm not a medical expert, but like I said, there's nothing. We don't hold any sort of anger towards any of that sort of thing at all, really. It's just we're working under the pressures and the constraints they can, and it's just a, it's just one of those things, really. It's just a shame it's one of those things with a month-old child, isn't it? Really. Yeah. So by this point, you was due back at work as well. Uh, no doubt, because standard paternity is two weeks, so we're four weeks in. So you, so you did your standard paternity, went back to work for a little yeah. bit. At, at this point, yeah. I've said, right, I need to go on sick. And yeah, well, Matt, um, that was a big sort of like stress. Um, thinking about like, because obviously I didn't know it worked. So, I mean. A lot of companies in the like private sector or public sector or whatever uh, is you'll um if you've only been working there so long you don't get any sick pay do you? No. Um, but 
and I don't think I, I was potentially entitled to it, but my school really looked after me considering I'd only been there a month. So obviously he had this life-saving operation. Um, and then the next day and a couple of days after that, I was just, I was terrified. I was, are we going to pay bills? Are we going to, you know, are we going to pay car loan? Are we going to pay fan? And how am I going to pay for stuff if I don't? Amy only worked part-time. She's on maternity leave. That's dropped down to statutory practically, I think, at the time. Um, and I, yeah, I, you know, when you when you just want to be sat there worrying about your son, who just like had his life saved or could be dying, basically, to have to think about that was wasn't very nice. But there was no there was no discussion around it. My work got I got in touch with my work, and it was sorted. They just said, "Look, you're off on you're off on full pay." Um, if up until I think it was July initially, and if if you're not back by July, um, then we'll reassess it then, sort of thing. It just that just wiped stress out straight away. I couldn't believe it really. Yeah, so that's just one less thing off your shoulders, isn't it? Or one massive oh, yeah. thing off your shoulders. Um, but yeah. then, as I, as I read in your blog, you you you're having to sort of incur a lot more travel costs, staying at hospital. Yeah. So, I don't know much about Leeds, but I assume if it's like all other hospitals, there'll be car parking. It's it adds yeah. up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, but this is where sort of like the support network that we have and had back then as well at the time, the, like it just kicked in. Um, we had, I mean, we benefited from a charity grant from a charity called Will's Way. Um, where they give out grants to families who have been um, affected by like um, paediatric brain tumours. That we had, we were given, I think, a couple of hundred pound off them. <coughs> Just like in, landed in your bank account the next day after we applied for it. Um, friends, friends. Just I think one night, uh, one day I was just sat watching the telly by uh, Rose Bed, and a huge amount of money dropped in my account, which was. Uh, basically just and a message just saying this is from all like of my friends um, and our friends and that was a, a, a huge sum um, and which has kept us ticking over but you're spending spending a fortune just like living at hospital yeah um and other people just would send us money um to try and help i think i think it's one of those things isn't it it's you feel completely helpless um, so you try and you, you think of what can you do to at least make somebody's life a little bit easier in a tough situation. And one of the initial things was supporting us. And obviously it's developed into um, supporting us through supporting the charity that look after the hospital at, um, at Leeds. And that's sort of like snowballed from there. But that was the first inclination we got of how people rally around and how people supported us, really. Yeah. Is the charity Leeds Cares then? Yeah, charity Leeds Cares. It's like, it's the hospital that, and I, I believe I'm right in saying it, if you can direct the money you raise towards the ward or the area of the hospital that obviously is close to you, so any sort of money we've raised or are raising or continuing to raise, we can direct it straight to uh, L52, which is the like neurology ward, children's neurology ward at uh, Leeds General. So they would get, if you raise 500 quid, it goes straight to them. So if you raise more than that, you can direct it straight to wherever you want it to go. Or you can ask then, them to direct it that way. And then in terms of the support that they've given you, what what, what does that look like? So Leeds Care specifically? Um, I suppose it's the way that if Leeds Care supports the hospital and supports that ward, and then we think about, what that ward and what that nursing team and what that doctor's team and what those surgeons have done for Rune and our family, that's the support that we've had from them sort of thing. Um, I mean, we have had, we've had support from the Sick Children's Trust um, for putting us up in the charity housing. We lived there on and off for like three, four months. Um, so that was another charity that um, we've raised money for as well. We did that in between operations with Rune, raised uh, about a grand, I think, for them. Um, but Leeds Cares is the one that we know the money's going directly to that team, that staff, that staffing body, that of those play workers that looked after Noah as well. 
that have supported our family. Does that make you feel better that you've generated made that money? Because as, as you're somebody who work, who's worked hard, you've got your degree, you've 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 both both of you are working parents. You don't want to always necessarily receive, do you? You want to be able to say, well, yeah. so for psychologically and with your mental health angle, is that has that helped? Would you say? Yeah. Um, so we. We spun it, not spun it, that's the wrong word. We found ways to distract ourselves in some of the most like difficult times and to help, I suppose, to help as well with our with our mental health. So obviously Rue went in on the 2nd of November. As far as we were aware, we are just living at hospital. And so it's better. Um, Leeds Cares launched a, a, like a, a, a letter from Santa sort of initiative where he paid, I think it was, he donated a father and, and he got a, a letter from Santa, which was basically from Leeds Cares. And Amy pushed that out over social media um, and then through eventually, I think, when Rose Army was set up as well. And we, we had hundreds of people um, who went and bought those letters. So that was that was kind of like the initial starting point of um, of raising money. And that helped distract us because we, we, you'd see people like tagging these cares and tagging us in to the fact that they bought these letters so we knew we'd started raising some money already um obviously when we were discharged home for a few days here and there between operations um when we raised money for sick children's trust and we sold a lot of their merchandise at, as well at the um when amy's old gymnastics club that helps distract us and it, we just you just try and think of ways you can spin a positive on something that's you can sit there, can't you? And you can sit there and you can feel sorry for yourself. And don't get me wrong, there are times that we both sat there and times where I just sat there and you just cry and you just you just say, Why me? And you feel so you do feel sorry for yourself. But we wanted to, and we still do, we wanted to try and think of ways in which we could turn something so negative into a positive, if you know what I mean. That sounds a bit cliche, but no, well, we had a little chat before we started, and I saw I saw bits and pieces just through Facebook. But unless you you know you see these things going on, but you're not necessarily gonna invite yourself into it. You want sometimes you want to be invited, don't you? But I was like, yeah. the fair play, lads. Like, to be fair, the lads who were doing it, they were a bit younger than me. And if they were going to do three picks, I would feel comfortable going, oh, do you mind if I tag along? Because I got on well with them. Yeah. Uh, so, but they'd start this challenge and I've seen this rules army and I'm like, that sounds cool. And all of a sudden, you've got a lot of people sat at home right now that are used to, that are used to being very busy. Business people, sports people, just workers. So, probably... Spending a little bit more social media. So when I got, on from a personal point of view, when I got invited by Sean to try and raise awareness, that was my invite to almost get involved. And I go, well, I'll do better than... I think he just wanted me to share the posts. I think he'd probably message a few yeah. people. But I thought, well, can I set up a little running club? It's end of April. It's May in a couple of days. And I think it was maybe the 30th of April, something like that. There's a couple of days till May. So we just said 100K in May. My mate, Higgins, Paul Higgins, came up with it. And I said, oh, do you mind if I just try and invite a lot of people that may or may not like this? Few lads from the boxing gym, few lads from um, who I knock about with, few lads from work. And all of a sudden, there's 30 odd of us. And we're all talking Rue Army. Um, the story, the Just Giving page gives a very, a br relatively brief overview. Well, now I've read your blog. But everyone wants something to get involved with, don't they? We're a busy, we're a busy nation. And I think... There's a lot of, well, just, just in our group alone, there's over 30 odd of us, and a lot of people in that are getting up every day and going for a run, and they're saying, like, for example, Peter Wardby, I'll just mention him. He, he's a British title challenger. He boxed for the British title. Not many people from Hull have done that. And he, in, in May, has ran more consecutively, I think he's in his late 40s now, than he's ever ran, or early 40s. He's ran more in, in May for the Rue Army than he's ran. He was a, he was a professional boxer. At a high level. So you, you're seeing these stories, and myself, I've never run as many KMs as I have in May. And it's like, it feels good to be part of it. And that's why I've reached out to do this podcast. I want to know how you guys have coped with it, because I think 
how you how you've coped with that. I bet this pandemic it's like a walk in the park for you right now, isn't it? Having <laughs> no, it's, it's quite it's quite nice to actually have some quality time with you know in in family. I'd say family normality. Obviously, it's not normality. Um, it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, grandparents, <coughs> if I'm honest. Um, so we've been away. Basically, not seen us properly for four months. We've come home for a month or whatever it was. And then we're in lockdown with cats here. Or, or the cat hug. Which obviously, we've, we've seen them. Yeah. Um, at, the end of, at the end of the garden or whatever. Um, but they've got this, like, child who's now... It's, it's, it's eight months. And yeah. um, he's been so sick and he's actually doing a lot better now. Um and they've not, not, not been able to hold them. I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah. They, um, Noah used to stay at my mum and dad's every Wednesday night and, you know, every few weeks on the weekend. And they haven't been there for, what is it now, nine, ten weeks. Right. And they're just, they're just panning. They're just panning. And it's not a, it's not a that, bit, that bit's tough. That bit's tough. Um, but being at home in these four walls or whatever has not been because we missed out on a lot of time with Rue. I mean, I feel sorry for him. She's missed out on that bonding time where, you know, you're on maternity leave and Noah's maybe at nursery or in childcare with my mum or Amy's mum. And she hadn't had that bonding time on with, with Rue, really. But we're getting it now. Yeah. Um, so we're just trying to make up for that. Okay, and then going back to Rue then. So we got to week four. Um, yeah. Is since then, since that initial sort of probably the trickiest time for you, because that's like that's that's the initial shock of us all. Your resilience yeah. got stronger with every with every sort of operation. But how many operations have you had since November? <laughs> is that um, seven operations uh, with totaling over fifty hours of surgery? Eight months. Seven months really because I didn't have one for a month today. No, yeah. When was the last time he had an operation? His last operation was the beginning of January. So, yeah, it, so and that was when seven operations in two months. Uh, November, yeah, January, yeah. November, December, January. Right, it was, it was, it was the beginning, beginning of January, I think. So, so he's literally a warrior, isn't he? And yeah. It, is, it is literally an army. To you've got you've got a load of people going on running hundred kilometers in a month. They're then taking the kids with them. We've got some of the participants in our group are eight years old. Uh, two, sorry, two or ten years old. Jay, well, I say that doing it sort of regularly, going for a target, ten years old. But then you've got Jacob's younger sister Amelia. She's eight, doing the odd bike ride. You've got. You've got women doing it, you've got men doing it, you've got children doing it, and you've got your set of friends, the Ezra lads, all doing um, the biking, uh, the, the race for route, and then I think there's a few more challenges. So there's literally an army of people going out there. The last time I looked, what, what is the figure for Leeds Cares, what's been generated? So all the challenges, obviously mixed in with the uh, 100k mayor and what the land to John O'Groats one that like my sort of like close friends did, it's about it's it's I think it's a few hundred quid off eighteen grand, right? That's which a, is ridiculous. Significant. We set significant five. Amount of money. We was, set we set five grand for twenty twenty. That was the target, right? Tell you. And obviously, at the moment, times are hard for people with uncertainty and, and everything else. So for for everyone to 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 reach into the pocket and get involved, I can imagine. You've got the people doing the activities. You've got you guys feeling sort of well-supported. Rules getting stronger every day. Is, is, is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, we can't. It just it developed. We had his physio yesterday and she was blown away by how, how much he's come on since she last saw him, which was a few weeks ago. So he's, he's getting there. There's been... That that money's been built up from hundreds of donations, so everyone's getting the the benefit of feeling feeling that they can contribute. So a lot of a lot yeah. of good stuff's coming off this. So going back to yourself, 
how do you feel now? You, the, the things what have helped you, you did the blog, I've read that, that's quite, quite a bit of a tearjerker to be fair. Um, that must have helped writing that. Yeah. Um, so I, I always, well, Amy had done the Rose Army Instagram page and she'd like been thinking about doing that for a while and she wanted to track his journey. And then obviously that sort of like snowballed into like hundreds of people following her and that helped her. So that was her definitely helping her get stuff out. Plus she was, we were obviously getting like ridiculous amounts of support and messages through um, every hour while that was going on and every time she put a picture on. Um, and I needed something to like, vent's the wrong word, but something just to gather my thoughts. Um, and when we started getting towards what we believe to the end, basically the less severity, it sounds stupid because it's all severe because it was brain surgery every time. But obviously the further down the line we got, the further surgeries we had, the less tumour that was there, the more, the older he was getting, the stronger he was getting, um, the less danger he was being put in. I felt more comfortable in then starting, starting to write about it. Um, and I thought I'd write a blog not necessarily for anybody else other than myself. Um, and it just came out as like a stream of consciousness at first, when it didn't really make much sense when I looked back on it before I published it on like WordPress and I had to like edit it. But that helped me spill all sorts of emotions out. There's quite a, I mean, there's stuff in there that um, I wasn't sure whether I should share it. Um, but then I thought, then what's the point in doing it if you're not going to be honest about everything? So, and if you're going to put, if I was going to publish it and people are going to read it, then yeah, I felt like it had to be honest. So I left it. I left it. I left it all in. I just left whatever I wrote down, whatever that day I felt, or however I felt at that point when I was laid in bed, or laid on the ward thinking. I just thought I'd just leave it like that and keep it as raw as possible, really. Well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put this Zoom cast into the Pandemonium Facebook group. I'm going to put your blog in there, and then we're going to start posting the stats as they continue. And no doubt, we'll, scientifically, if you do something for 21 days, you form a habit. Everyone will have done it for yeah. 21 days, so everyone's going to want to do something else at the end of this, no doubt. And yeah. I think I just set my hat off to you because, as I said... Had a son just around about the same time as you. I imagine how we'd have played that. A lot of people would have just kept this indoors, wouldn't they? And they'd have just like they wouldn't have wanted just just it's a private matter. But I think looking look looking from the outside in and having got involved relatively at a late stage when rules rules survived all the trauma and hopefully he's getting stronger every day. I can just see how much good's come off the fact that you've taken the approach that you have, that you've written the blog, that you've shared it, that you've got everybody involved. And no one could foresee what was going to happen this year. But I think a lot of people, as I said, benefited from being able to get out of the house and run for a war. And I think, I think, as I said, I want to just set my out to you. That's why I've reached out and asked you to do this. I want to thank you for doing this. Hopefully it's, it's helped. And I think at a time where... There's probably a lot of people going through a lot of uncertainty, anxiety for the first time. And this cannot be as hard as it was last year. It still presents its challenges for you, as you say, social distancing from the grandparents who've been there, been your rock. <laughs> but I think you've, you've probably built a resilience that's going to stand you in good stead. How's Noah coped with it? Um, Noah's, been, Noah's been great. Um, if anything, it was us that struggled more not seeing him. Um, he's very close to his grandparents. Um, I think while it all happened, there was only, I think it was about it was about two and a half, maybe three months in, when we was getting within a month of maybe it potentially being over or him being well, Rue being well enough to come on, um, when he said, um, he asked whether, like, I think he asked Amy or I asked, uh, my mum and dad, whether we lived at the hospital now, um, if that was our home and that, that was hard. Um, yeah, we had a bit of, 
yeah, that's basically, I think he fought with lifting. Um, and then he had, I think I wrote about it at the time when I walked him to the car with mum and dad and he just cried and cried and cried and cried because he wanted me to get in the car and go home with him. Um, then we've had him home. He was a bit, it, it, it had probably what he wanted off the grandparents for a few, for a few months, which is absolutely fine. Um, and he was a bit of a, bit of a terror to get back. Not terror, that's harsh. Back into a bit, routine. Yeah, it was a bit difficult to get him back into a routine, but he's soon settled. Uh, plus, he's a, he's a free nager, isn't he, now? So, he's, he's got his little tantrums and stuff. But I want, if there's that much love surrounding that boy, from friends, family, us, that anything that, any sort of like damage that was done in that three or four months while we were there has been definitely repaired, I'd say. I'd like to think it's been repaired. He had his own responsibility and all sorts while we was in hospital. He, that was another thing that Leeds Cares did. They set him up with like a, a like Toy Story toy, like the horse from that camera. It's name now. And um, Noah's job was to look after that toy in the same way that the nurses and the doctors were looking after room. So he'd like bring it in every every time he came to the hospital and give it its medicine and do all that sort of stuff. So I think it, that helped him understand. We were told from an early age, from an early point when we were in hospital, not to hide it from him because he'll resent it. He'll resent yeah. why his mum and dad had been taken away. So from a very early point, we told him that Rue was really poorly and that the doctors and nurses were doing their best to make him better. And that, that, that helps because he knew what was going on rather than just saying mummy and daddy have gone away for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And super. How's the future looking now then? How are you feeling job-wise? Because like, there's still a lot of uncertainty just that, just that overall, family-wise. Do you feel as though you've come through? And, and you... I think we're just, um, we're just... We're just itching for some normality now. That's what we want. Just, just give us some normality. Let me go back to work. And you know, I'm, all, I'm always quite conscious of like, particularly when we was in the middle of it, of being the family, of being the family with the child with a brain tumor, sort of thing. And you know, like, you don't mean to, do you? But people like pitying you and stuff like that. And I was always quite conscious of that. And I just want a bit of normality, just to like almost not forget, but put aside what's happened. We're dealing with it, we've dealt with it, and just now now be just back to Anthony who's at work or Anthony who's with his friends or Anthony. Just just be be what not never be the same again, but with different people probably now we've learned a lot about ourselves, but just get back into some some normality and just see how we are. That's sort of thing. That, that, well that leads to my next point then really. If um we we'll have concluded our challenge in the next ten days. I've not spoken to anyone else about anything else, but would you rather we wrap it, put a lid on it, and and let you get back to normality, or would you rather it continue and and keep raising awareness? Like job's done, you've you, you've you've come through a hell of an ordeal, you've given back to Leeds Cares. What what's your thoughts on beyond beyond me, really? Um, where we just want to continue trying to, you know raise as much awareness and money as possible um, for the charity. It's not over for us by no stretch of the imagination because um, it was only a few weeks ago that we got a call saying that they think the tumour's returning or slowly growing back. So what I mean I mean by normality is just, just a little bit back because we are going to be back in hospital. We are going to have scans. Rue is going to have... I mean, we've got a scan on his kidneys um, or his bladder next week. Um, because they had an infection in hospital, so they need to check that there's been no long-term damage in that. So it'll be back with a needle inside him, but whole <coughs> the normality sort of idea is work and yeah, yeah. You know, not this coronavirus, coronavirus rubbish. It's just it's just that sort of stuff, really. Um, but in terms of future for what we're doing, I've talked with Amy about like setting up a charity and. But you've got to have time on your hands. It'd be an ideal way. We'd love to. We don't. We don't know at the moment how much care Rue's going to need. Um, we're hoping that the brain damage, or if there is brain damage, it's minimal, and you know what I mean. Is 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 going to be as 
grow up to be as strong as as Noah is, but we don't know that. We'll only even find out what he can or can't do when he does or doesn't achieve whatever he should, or developmentally what he gets to. Um, we've got irons in the fire, um, like we're a family funder uh, to raise to raise more money in that sense. Um, we've we've snowballed ideas about um, maybe doing sort of like some sort of like grand ball towards um, the date that uh, Rue was diagnosed with a brain tumor to try and change the stigma around that date. So it's something that we can celebrate rather than something that when the 2nd of November comes around, it's a time where we all get upset again. So from that sense, we've got things that we want to do to carry on raising money for charity. Um, on the Just Giving pages, all those events that are listed that no doubt are going to be rescheduled at some point, so they're still going to be going ahead. At the end of the day, we made a commitment to do those events. Um, so everyone's itching to get those done and absolutely devastated that they're not going to be able to do them. We'd planned to do the three peaks and I think it was July time. Don't know whether that will be able to happen. We'll have to see in the next few weeks. But there's, there's, we're just going to carry on doing it, really. Carry on raising money, try, carry on trying to raise awareness and see what happens. Yeah, well, that's good then. So I've seen that there's some Ruami T-shirts uh, have been kicking about. Are they still available or were they limited edition? And where can I get them? <laughs> it was... Um, the Rose Army T-shirts were, <coughs> I believe, sorted out by um, my cousin's wife. And it was... Uh, it just They just all appeared one day on like social media while we were in hospital. We didn't know it was going to happen. And we see all these people with these white T-shirts with Rose Army on them. Um, I think she puts the orders in. I don't. I don't think it's a case of if the cat getting old, we can't get hold of them again. But yeah, they were great. To be honest, it was, it was well, really, really uplifting. We're, we're, I'll, I'll get some for everyone at the end of our challenge. And as I say, it's um, good to reach out. It's good to. We'd have probably under normal circumstances. We just met up and had a coffee. Just had a had a catch up. But for these yeah. circumstances, you're thinking Zoom, and you're thinking, oh, well, if we Zoom it, let's record it. Everyone's becoming a digital ninja now, aren't they? So it's like, well, if yeah. we it, let's share it, because the value's in sharing the, the journey. Hopefully, someone watches this, and then they think, well, they think, actually, there's a lot of benefit in sharing and getting the support from the community and doing, a, doing an event. There's a lot, of, lot to learn from this, isn't there? Yeah. And hopefully, if you had kept it in-house, you, you might not have coped anywhere near as well because you wouldn't have had that release, you wouldn't have had that blog, you wouldn't have had all the people wanting to help. You wouldn't, You might have felt you didn't want to reach out because, so yeah, I think everyone can learn from this. So what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to share this in the, in the group and then any progress, if we can put it in the group, just the group's just going to be a signpost for anything good what's, what's going on. And I think, I'm going to put some videos in what, what I like listen to on YouTube and stuff. Just just a signpost for stuff, what positive, raising awareness, personal development. Uh, for example, my friend runs at Andy's Man Club. You might not be aware of how that works. Yeah. I've been a few times. I know I've taken a few people down there. I've met some good people there. It's just about raising awareness. And it's a bit of an open invite. If a, if a challenge does, does come ahead for Rules Army, and people like the look, look of it and they want to get involved, they don't reach out. Generally, they're going to be yeah. in isolation anyway. Go for a run on your own and just post the stats. And then yeah. complete the challenge. You might get sent a T-shirt through the post for your hard work. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah, all. Yeah. Just reach, reaching out. I think it feels to me a little bit like off the back of this pandemic, there's a bit more of a sense of community. Using your lunches as opposed to maybe the supermarket and walking, what like what I've, I live opposite Picky Park. I've walked more towns around that pond in the last two months than I have in the previous 10 years of living here. And it's like yeah. that pond's always been there, the ducks have always been there. I mean, it's probably because I've got a young boy, probably why yeah. I put it, but but um, yeah, it's been good for you to come on and be open and honest and fair play to you. And as I say, I take my hat off to you and uh, big respect to you and your family. and grandparents and if you need anything you know where I am and if you want to get involved in the challenge there'll be a challenge coming in June just let, let me get my thinking cap on no but uh, thank you to like you and all the guys that you've got involved in that uh, that's that 
thing, the thing about community and what you just said, just it's the nail on the head, really. Um, people who have rallied around my wife and my family, it's just been, it's been so touching. Um, and you just, I've received messages through Twitter or Instagram, like every few days of people sending well wishes or saying, can I contribute towards this or can I do that? Or I've read this and I like, like, this is amazing. Or you're a warrior, your family, your parents, it's everything. It's just been, it's been really, really touching. And it's been something that, although what we're going through is horrendous, um, it's put a positive light on so many different areas of our life, like friendships or family, or it just makes you like, um, appreciate some of the smaller things that when you're in a busy nine to five job or whatever or when you're working monday to friday you don't really appreciate those things because yeah. when you do have your downtime it's not much is it but when we've had all this downtime and not being at work and then this pandemic and stuff you just really understand how much support you have got and not just in your own little network of friends and family but from the outside and how many different people are there to there for you when the times are out. Yeah, well, I think everyone knows you appreciate the support. We can see that just by the effort that's going into it and by the funds that are being raised. So you, you, you'll do your bit and we'll keep doing our bit and we'll look forward to yeah. what we'll develop into a fine young warrior. And uh, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's best to look to you. It's exciting. To, to to see him come through it and yeah as I as I've read that blog today um I just want to want to wish you all the best and as I say if you ever need any support or anything or or, or you want me to introduce you to anyone I'm well connected with yeah. Brain Charity Paul Spence uh we did it we've done some good work with him over the years uh, one of my best mates is the facilitator and the trustee for Andy's Man Club so if you ever want me to to point you in the right direction and take you down there when we're not social distancing. Um, yeah. If you want to brew, then, then yeah, just give us a shout. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Oh, will do. Thank you. All right, come on, cheers.